0: What's up, MuggleCast listeners? If you want to make an impact online, GoDaddy.com has what you need. Get your own .com domain name for as low as $1.99. Plus, world-class hosting, fast and easy website builders, and much more. Plus, as a listener of MuggleCast, enter code Muggle, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out and save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com Because England finally has a professional podcaster in the country. This is MuggleCast episode 80 for March 11th, 2007. I don't know if you guys checked out the new Wizard of the Month this month over at jkrolling.com. Anyone? Um, I saw I'm sure I saw a about it, but I can't remember.
1: I agree with that statement, Andrew.
0: uh, The the new Wizard of the Month is Tilden Toots, uh, born 1959 and still alive to this day. And uh, J.K. Rowling describes this person as the wizard with three green thumbs and a celebrity herbologist and radio personality. So I was thinking... I kind of like this name Toots, and since this guy is a radio personality, I've decided that I want my new name on the show to be Toots.
2: Do you know okay, what I think?
0: But I
3: think
2: that's okay.
3: possibly
0: the worst idea I've ever heard. So we're gonna keep calling you Andrew, Andrew. But this person is a radio personality, and I'm a radio personality. So well, you're a podcast close. personality, say. So. Well, if I don't have a supportive co-host uh, group, then I guess not. Oh. Well, you know, thought you guys would support me on that decision. Well, it would be not. cruel and uh, inhumane
3: for us to tell you it was a good idea when it was possibly the worst idea. Since what about Tootsims? Oh. No, even worse. In fact, uh, Tootsims. Wait, I've got one. I've got one. It's a a- one. Andrew
1: Sims. No, no. Sims.
3: Where'd you get that name from, Eric? That's good. I like it. Oh, I'm Toots. I know.
1: I know.
0: No, you're not. Name intros. No, oh, you you're Toots. Okay. Yeah, you're Eric yeah, yeah. oh, you know, right. Skull. You know, we all, uh, you know. <laughs> right, you're, you're I two. know this is new to everyone. Uh, guys, what I don't we do think... is we run
3: through everyone's names. You guys. I'm refusing to say my name uh, unless you say Andrew. It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, in protest. That's, that's just drum. not I'm invite, right? sorry,
0: but I'm not moving, In, in the show, true, these it? drums will not stop until you guys well, say your names. Case, in that case, all right. you, Well, I hope to
3: everyone listening that you can still remember my name in 30 episodes time because I'm not going to be saying it <laughs> until gives in.
0: as the host and producer of the show I refuse to go on until you guys say it, your if names if I, we'll, we'll, no, everyone, we'll start again strike. we'll start again we'll start again I'm Toots
1: uh okay Jamie and Laura and Kevin how about you and I just go Well, i will go off and we'll talk idea. about movie five all the reviews, and we'll just leave two here to okay. his, uh, yeah, okay.
0: Micah Tannenbaum is standing by the the MuggleCast News Center with the past week's top Harry Potter
4: news stories. Micah. Thanks, Toots. Uh, he better have a good explanation for that. Joe Rowling has been nominated for the NCH Scotland Women of Influence Award, which will take place in Glasgow later today. She's one of five influential women in the category who recognizes those who have worked hard to improve the lifestyles and education of children. A former winner of the title said these awards mark the significant contribution women from diverse communities make to our national life. In our mother's and grandmother's time, women received very little recognition. Today, it is a very different story. The awards also highlights the vital work NCH does to support Scotland's children and young people and raise an incredible amount of money to support that work. Speaking of Joe, after being named a billionaire last year by Forbes magazine, this year she makes the list yet again at number 891. J.K.R. has an estimated net worth of $1 billion and is the only career author billionaire. As we reported previously, the Potter author is suing eBay for allowing illegal and fraudulent copies of her works to be sold on the auction site. Joe has managed to obtain an injunction which prevents eBay from listing illegal copies, namely e-versions of her books, which is binding until a May 23rd hearing. You can check out MuggleNet.com for more information on JK's army and sign a petition against eBay. The Harry Potter series has received a nomination under Favorite Book at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. Be sure to head over and vote. The actor who plays Professor Flitwick in the Harry Potter series spoke in a brief new interview about his character, the order of the phoenix movie and deathly hollows speaking about the series he said i was into jk Rowling's books about harry potter long before i was offered the part of professor flitwick and i've loved reading every one since then so yes i'm really looking forward like you to the next book Finally, speaking of the seventh book, partially due to the book's high cost, over a quarter of independent booksellers in the UK have chosen not to stock Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollowed. The book's sticker price, thirty-four ninety-nine, is roughly twice the seventeen ninety-nine cost of Sorcerer's Stone when it was published by Scholastic in nineteen ninety-nine. That's all the news for this March eleventh, two thousand seven edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show.
0: All right, thank you, Micah. And uh, are you guys going to call me toots now? <laughs> no, still... not a
2: chance. No,
0: I don't see why you can't be supportive of. I draw the Harry Dillard
1: in the photos,
0: Andrew.
3: Andrew, I, I just contacted GoDaddy,
1: man. and I, I I just contacted GoDaddy, and I locked Toots dot uh, com and stuff, so you just can't have it. It's it's not good for you. I was looking well, out for your.
0: I already made Toots at staff.mugglenet.com, dot com, so. Uh, f- I think. Uh,
1: however, your plan Andrew,
0: backfire there.
3: Yes, but if you keep calling yourself that name, we'll kill you.
0: And then an email address (laughs) or a website isn't going to do you any good at all. Jamie, I'm not really afraid of you kidding me or killing me because it's not like I'm going to be seeing you in a couple of days. Oh already. no, yeah, so exactly. There won't be any problem? <laughs> oh there. wait, yeah, so <laughs> transition. Whoa, Jamie, we have a podcast
3: in England coming up. We do. We are going to be at the School of Oriental and African Studies at Vernon Square in London on March 17th at 2 p.m. doing a live podcast and then a meet and greet type event with literally hundreds of prizes. We've gone all out on the prizes, um, and we've got loads of fun activities happening and stuff like that. Um, all places are now filled, but people can drop out. So if you want more information, go on MuggleCast.com and read the latest
0: news post. But for all those people Very who good. are attending, we look forward to seeing you all there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And to anyone who might be a little bummed that they can't show up, this is actually uh, – this is going to be a little like test for us to see how well these – live podcast live podcast/meetups will work out and if we're if it works out good we'd definitely be interested in doing more of them here in the United States or maybe over in England again you know yeah so and of course opening it up to more people so hopefully that all of that will go very well uh, also, there is a book tour. <laughs> there is a book tour coming up with Ben and Emerson. They're kind of a big thing now with their uh, with their book release. And I know Laura and Micah contributed to that book too. They're going to be uh, going on a little tour over their spring break, and all of those dates can be found on MuggleNet.com. There's a little tour ticker, as I like to call it, on the right side there with all the dates. You can find more details about their tour right there. What they're doing is they're um that hurrying out a VW camper van and painting it with
3: flowers, and they're going to drive around yeah. the uh, continental US and just stop at random bookstores and talk about that book.
0: Yeah, so you have to be lucky and catch them. But yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I I regret to inform everyone that I won't be there. Yes, my pen name <laughs> Andy Gordon is. Uh, you know, I I would be there, but. You know, I'm going to be in England, so I apologize for that. Uh, another live event that we're going to be doing coming up this summer is in, uh, at Enlightening 2007 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, that whole convention is from July 12th to the 15th, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We encourage everyone to come out. We have an update on the podcast. The podcast is going to be open to the public. There's going to be 600 seats total. So they're really expecting a big turnout for this. So anyone who lives in the uh, tri-state area, like Eric, if you still actually lived here in the United States, uh, we encourage everyone to come out, uh, whether you're in New York, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, anywhere. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then that night, we're going to be seeing the movie. The movie details aren't nailed down yet, but we'll update you when they are. And, of course, we encourage everyone to actually sign up for the convention Uh because they have a lot planned. It's like it's like uh, Prophecy and Lumos, only it's more family-oriented, and they're going to have a lot of fun stuff going on, including a workshop on how to create your own podcast, and what? that will be hosted by Jamie, Ben, and I. Well, and of course, well, going to be there.
3: I'm just going to be standing podcast. there... Um- and you're going to be doing it because I can create a podcast and my life depended on it.
1: <laughs> well, I just sit here and didn't talk. Didn't I say last week up. you're going
0: to be, you're going to do a seminar on how to come up with British jokes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I
0: am. All you need is a, uh, Oh wait, I've already made that joke. I can't make it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, you can find more information on enlightening 2007.org. And if you are not going to be signing up for the convention, but you plan on coming as uh as part of the quote-unquote public, please email enlighten enlighten07 at gmail.com and mention let us know how many people you plan on bringing with you so we can get a good handle enlighten, on how many extra people. Enlighten. Enlighten. Cool. Enlighten. Like, I'm going to enlighten you. Okay, so... Minus 07 the ing. at com Yes. There's no eing ing on this. Okay. <laughs> yes, don't ask me why I didn't do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then finally, it, uh, we're getting into... Uh, we're getting well into March here. Don't forget to vote for us at PodcastAlley.com to keep us up top of the rankings. Uh, it helps uh, all those media sources find good podcasts out there, like us, of course. And uh, so, place your vote. All you got to do is leave it, uh, place a vote once a month over at PodcastAlley.com. So, thanks for that. We have our first rebuttal now. This
5: comes from Aggie's... Aggie... Oh, God, I can't even talk. Abby Stokely, 14, from Austin, Texas. She writes, Hi, I was just listening to episode 79, and I heard you use the term de facto, which is Latin for a fact. You did use the term correctly within your comment, but your translation was a little off. It quite literally means a fact, and more correctly means that a subject is correct in the facts related to it, but is not correct by law or vote. Thanks for taking the time to listen to a picky Latin student. I love the show. Or Ben, I know she's an absolute. I think it might have been Ben. Yeah, probably. It
1: wasn't me, I was (laughs) on last week.
5: I know it wasn't me.
1: Ben just totally whipped out that political term.
3: It's an extremely interesting uh, concept. I've just been studying it recently uh, in relation to sovereignty, you know, de jure, I think that's how you pronounce it, sovereignty versus de facto sovereignty, legal versus, you know, um, real life sovereignty. Very, very interesting.
4: That is quite
3: cool. Somebody else emailed him about the pronunciation of Deus Ex Machina. I'm sure I've got it wrong again because I can't. I can't uh, r- remember exactly what they said, but um, yeah,
0: I got that wrong. Um.
5: Okay, well we'll beat Ben later.
0: <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. yeah. We'll, All right, we'll and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get right into our main discussion this week, which is uh, the uh, we're gonna talk about the first reviews of Order of the Phoenix because a few people, a few very lucky people got to see an early screening of Order of the Phoenix in Chicago over the past week. And first off, I got to say, could you imagine just going to the movie theater and you get this little ticket saying, "Hey, yeah. come by next week for a, a movie," and you're a Harry Potter fan and then you go and it's <laughs> Order of the Phoenix but, already? And did you know?
2: So that'd be but great. you
0: know, um I read on it Cool News
3: where um the guy who went to it you know uh, he was there um and he was talking about how the movie was basically done you know it's a but it wasn't very sort of the effects weren't complete and so there were bits that didn't right. look real like sort of the um you know Grop would be like he's you know when he moved he wouldn't move properly or he he wouldn't blend in with the background and stuff like that and i don't think i'd like to watch it like that though you know i just want to see it when it's completely done i think it, it would spoil the magic for me but uh, well how about you? That is true.
1: It might spoil the magic, but again, a lot of parts of the movies is the acting, Jamie, as well, not just special effects. So you would still get the acting. You would. Yeah. I don't think Grob uh, is an actor. <laughs> well, well <laughs> <Do> we okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. Perhaps it, it might be actually, <laughs> potentially uh, not really wanted. But, like, you know, they said uh, Ray Fiennes was uh, basically himself, but with, like, dots on his face for yeah. them yeah. To, 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 to mark the thing. So, I mean... That, but that's something I would be interested in seeing because Ray Fiennes is, like, such a great actor and stuff. Yeah. So I would like to see him with a nose, you know, pretending to be Voldemort who doesn't have a nose. And it would,
0: right. Yeah. So, yeah, that definitely would ruin the fun. I think one of the upsides besides seeing it four months early yeah, is that, from that you would al- <laughs> you would also see a lot that is probably going to end up getting cut.
1: Yes, because exactly. this is a
0: very rough cut of the movie, so you're yeah, going to see true, yeah. a lot of good stuff. You're going to see some special effects work that is not going to make the even the bonus DVDs. You know, with like how they actually make yeah. the movie. So for like a film nerd, I'm not really a film nerd, but like a behind the scenes nerd like me that likes that kind of stuff, I'd just be like, "Whoa, this is better than the real thing." Yeah, which you, it probably wouldn't be. I, I would just like to see uh, Ray finds with a lot of dots on his face.
4: Yeah,
0: <laughs> what disappoints he, me is why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what disappoints me is that, you know, with all the technology these days, with people, you know, got their cell phones, and everyone's got a camera with them these days, always uh, looking for a new MySpace
1: picture. Cough daily. You know, why, why
0: didn't anyone just take a quick shot of the screen? Oh, and, come know? on.
1: They gave us enough, though. That's what these people at Warner Brothers. That's why I'm surprised they did these uh, screenings so early is because if, should there happen to be a Harry Potter fan in the audience, they would be able to tell everything. I mean, if they had enough of a memory or had enough of a, a will to be that kind of resource, they could tell us everything, and and as we found from these three or four sources that we have on MuggleNet, they have. We found out pretty much a lot. Yeah. At least, you know, what went in and what didn't. Yeah.
0: Now, sorry for not knowing, but I think I might have heard one time that, like, uh, David Heyman will sit in on these screenings. To get the audience reaction—is that true, or am I completely mm. thinking about something I else? No, I think that, it's true. But- Wouldn't be surprised. Is it true, Eric? Are you up on as a, as a uh, as an employee of a movie theater? Do you do you know
1: how these things work? Former employee, but uh, yeah, sometimes <laughs> we had um, we had Michael O'Peak the Pennsylvania senator, come into our movie theater um, a few times, and he just he had like a, he had like a guy with him who was like a bodyguard type guy, and uh, he handed out roadmaps. Yeah, as you do, oh, Pennsylvania, as you do, and uh, so so he would just you know be able to walk past and see whatever movie he wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> have and a roadmap, have a roadmap. <laughs> so, so I have a nice little atlas of Pennsylvania, or little roadmap of Pennsylvania. But uh, I don't, signed. That's all i pretty much signed, Eric, along <laughs> your street. I, I I no, he did sign it though. I think actually. Um, That's pretty cool. But at any rate, no, as far as screenings go, I mean, we're trying to talk about screenings. Yeah, no, I heard that David Heyman actually looked in and wanted to get audience reactions because that helps him also, as you said, Andrew, determine what does go in the final cut of the film. And also, I think, whereas they can cut stuff, they can also add stuff. And I think that is probably the reason or one of the reasons that screenings happen so early is that if there's something – that's really upsetting or something really big of a problem, they might be able to do something with it. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go reshoot some scene if, if we all complain it's not in it, but they might be able to, like, cater to certain things like this. So, yeah, fan reactions, I would not be surprised if David Heyman went or didn't go to uh, one of those, one of those uh, screenings.
3: You, you see, I think that there'd be more than just David Heyman there. You'd think it, it would be completely yeah. lined with... the. Warner Brothers executives, you know, Potter is their baby. You'd think that everyone would be there trying to get a reaction. Well, the thing thing is, too, though,
1: I don't know how big the theater is, and, you know, you want to fill it with as many hardcore people of different diverse backgrounds as you can. I mean, it wouldn't be just Heyman, I kind of agree with you, but it could be, you know, it would be like a few executives, I guess.
0: They are adjusting this movie down to, you know, they'll be fixing this movie down to, like, July July. Eighth or ninth, yeah. because I remember last year with each premiere, the movie was a tad different in some spots. Goblet of Fire, not last year with Goblet of Fire, uh, they they keep changing the movie even in between premieres and stuff. So you know, they're, it's good that they're very very picky about what they're putting in. But then it don't you think there's a sort of um,
3: a very very fine line that needs to be drawn between giving people exactly what they want and for the hardcore fans which makes up a big part of the uh, the, the sort of general audience it would be yeah. canon films and I don't think films should be canon they should be films and they should be different to, to the books or, or you'd be you know or it would be pointless to watch the, the, the films because they'd be exactly as The books come. So I don't think, I mean, I don't personally think they should uh, change the films and change and change and change them until you know,
1: they're exactly as all
3: the hardcore fans want them.
1: Yeah.
5: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: There are more film representations of books that completely destroy the books than there are uh, completely canon books. I mean, there are um, for instance, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, you know, the, the movie might have nothing at all to do yeah. with it. And so, you know, often, uh, at least in uni, you'll get, you know, books and you can't just read the movie be- or watch yeah. the movie because the movie's completely different and complete crap. So I think there does have to be a line drawn at least between what yeah, you're giving the to fans be. and. You know, but even if it is perfectly canon, I think a movie still special and fun to watch even if it was perfectly canon because it still is a visual representation with all the effects. It's just it another is. way of looking it at is. your favorite No, no, medium, of course you know, it is. Favorite, favorite, of course favorite favorite thing. it is.
3: But when Joe's sells the rights to Warner Brothers, she doesn't give them a right to produce her work completely as it should be. She gives them a creative license. It's a creative license mandate that she's giving them to produce it, it you know, to what to not, to not what they want, but to their sort of, you know, to their ideals.
0: We're, we're going to be talking about some of those changes today. We have a list of stuff that we want to go over with uh, some of the stuff that we've read in the reviews. But, I mean, people just got to realize now, we're five movies in, and these hardcore fans that are expecting the movies to mirror the books are just they just gotta move past that because uh, especially some of the stuff we're gonna talk about today, there's some big changes that people have been complaining about, but I you know, I just read these changes and it immediately makes sense because you gotta realize that they make these changes for for time and they make yeah. it for continuity and all that. So however some of the changes are just flat but. out stupid. Yeah, I mean there are there's <laughs> so, a difference yeah, between paying of, homage um, to the books
1: like- and completely completely destroying uh fact of of the you know and and getting things wrong and actually doing things incorrectly
3: shouldn't we point out andrew that there's a huge spoiler
0: warning for this for this main discussion right now my editor self from the future is going to tell you what time on the podcast (laughs) to fast forward to uh so you know exactly where uh to go to if you want to skip all this. Okay, so the time you want to go to is fifty one minutes, nineteen seconds. Back to you, Andrew. Alright, thank you, Andrew.
4: <laughs> thank you, Toots. No,
0: thank you, Toots.
2: <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: I've read a lot of good stuff here. Some stuff is really getting me excited. Uh one reviewer described this film as the most detailed film yet. Most detailed Ooh. film yet. David Yates to thank for this? Perhaps. I mean, we don't have much to go off of, but uh, the opening scene apparently is just like the book. Except for the Dementors. Uh, Writes one reviewer, the film opens as the book does, with Harry sending the Dementors fleeing with his patroness curse and the Dursleys giving him a hard time. Both Fiona Shaw and Richard Griffiths are in top form, although they are in it all too briefly. Which is a shame, Again. Because I like the Dursleys. The yeah. Dursleys just get shelved. Uh the Dementors is being a little thinner. Well they
3: haven't had any souls to uh, eat. So you know they're uh they're They've been on <laughs> <health> <laughs> nutrition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've had a soulless meal.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh. No. That's okay. They should be huge in or uh the next movie then, half-blood Press. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Do you think uh, they speak but- to each other? I wonder if they've got names. All right, John, how's, how's it going? Had any souls
0: recently? <laughs> no, it's been a bit dry yeah. on my end. How about you? Yeah, <laughs> kind of slim fast you've
1: been. Well, I'm feeling particularly. strawberry. I'm feeling particularly hollow today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. But interesting that they would
0: change it. Maybe they got some new graphics designers working on it. So, or maybe David Yates wanted to give
1: them a new look. But do they say thinner or do they say different? Because the one I'm reading is it says different, not just. Sinner. Well, I think one review said they are more like skeletal. Oh, well, that's that's not bad. I mean, it's not horrible. So I to make. Yeah, them- here's a question I've been
3: wondering ever since the uh, movie came out. Now, it's my opinion. I, I think that if the Lord of the Rings movies hadn't happened, the Dementors would have looked a lot, lot more similar to the Nazgul. Um, except floating. I think they'd been floating I, in Nazgul, I don't know about that. Rather yeah. than the way they were. In the, That's um, a
5: lot how I imagine them, too. Yeah, same here. I, I think, always imagine
2: yeah, them exactly. being less solid. Like, I agree. I don't know. More transparent. You know,
1: like,
4: like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, it's of, true. It's true. That, yeah. I
2: mean, they're always described as being very, like, wispy, kind of. But
5: Yeah, I just kind of took that as meaning they were very frail. Looking. But I don't
2: know. I, th- yeah. I think... I think them changing it isn't that big of a deal. I mean, he's he could just be matching the setting. They all have their own style
5: of. Well, I think that so long as as there's some sort of resemblance between these and the ones we saw in the third movie, but, it's fine yeah, because exactly. Yeah, I mean, if they completely be...
1: react like like if if there's the opportunity yeah. to think that they're a different creature, yeah. then that's an issue. Oh, but I, I, I mean, mean it if they kind be... of make this. You but know. Didn't, okay. didn't they make the choice early on in
3: the uh, movie sequence that there wasn't going to be huge continuity yeah. between them? Because it, if they wanted huge continuity... Throughout, yeah, They'd have kept true. the same director. That's yeah, there hasn't the been things,
5: a large but, amount of continuity and, I mean, <laughs> between the movies. Movie
1: 2 and movie 3 are yeah. so different. You know, they keep the same actors. They don't recast every time. they to do that, though. That would have to
2: been to, as silly yeah. as calling yourself toots. Uh,
5: there have been a couple of recasts, haven't there, though?
2: What well, I was going to say is I think what Jamie said is what you know the rule of thumb they're using which is so long i think it was jamie so long as the people are able to identify each element from the previous movie coming through to the current movie yeah there's not gonna be a problem
0: yeah although what i find interesting about this is that each reviewer seemed to point out they all pointed out that the dementors looked different so i mean it's it's probably noticeable to a point where you might want to talk about it or...
5: what i think is really important to remember is that we did get these reviews from hardcore that's fans true. obviously if they weren't they wouldn't have sent them into MuggleNet. so of yeah. course they're going to notice differences in what the dementors looked like in movie five and in movie three
4: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah moving along though uh lupin does not show up with the advance guard and receives very little screen time that's to the point he doesn't show up with advance guard
4: <laughs> what's yeah,
5: going on with is. that I don't, I don't see why they couldn't have him come. There's no reason not to.
1: No, the fact that he doesn't get any screen time. Um, I wonder, though, they didn't say specifically if Harry has to go into Umbridge's office at all to talk to Lupin and seriously the fire.
5: I don't like, think we don't anyone know if said anything about or not. that.
1: We just... Hmm.
0: Well, that yeah. would, that's interesting that nobody pointed that out. I wonder if that means he did and it was just fine or he didn't and nobody cared.
5: You know what, though? Somebody did note that the movie put a lot into establishing the relationship between Harry and Sirius. So I'm betting they had at least one scene where he went and talked to him in the fire.
1: But despite the development between Harry and Sirius, there is no, there is a Black family tree, apparently, but there's no Mrs. Black, Mm. and Grimmauld Place is smaller than imagined. You know
5: what, though? That doesn't bother me as much because Mrs. Black's portrait, while it's funny, it doesn't really contribute all that much to the plot. Yeah, so and it that could be very
1: distracting. Exactly. An okay yeah, thing to cut. A... Did the review say it doesn't show up at all?
5: Yeah, said that it's not in there at all.
1: Yeah, yeah the portrait of Mrs. Black is gonna...
5: I think it's because they already
1: cast Helena Bonham Carter as Bellatrix, and they couldn't recast her as Mrs. Black, because I had Probably, originally yeah. pictured her as been perfect, Mrs. Black. Yeah. But it's this yeah. next
3: point that really gets me, this one that... Um... Grimoire place only appears because Moody hits his stick a few times. And I think that's atrocious. Because what is that? That's, that's awful because it, there are certain things that are so important to the um, series as a whole that you have to put them in, and that's oh, yeah, and the that's block. the um, the Fidelius charm is um, pretty cheap. Is so important because it's you know how the Potters got betrayed, and I'm sure it's going to show up again. And I think that's that
0: is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to think of an excuse for that one. Like it would, it would. Add too much time onto the film, but there's just like oh, yeah, no, they could get no, away no, when, with it uh, yeah. All they, they would have to time. do
5: is do <laughs> <laughs>
0: five seconds. Yeah,
5: all they would have to do is yep. do a close-up on a piece of parchment with the writing on there, right. and then that's all. Then that's all they would have to it, do. The they probably spend more time having Moody eating his staff.
0: What is this? Uh, another thing. No, no prefix subplot. Does anyone care about that though? Uh, just I mean it's a shame, uh, but uh, eh, you gotta cut something.
5: It's
3: so another thing that could go. It's the anger thing as well. They're taking out his anger. Yeah. Like, you know, the prefix I play is one thing that, you know... I bet they'll take out the stuff when um, he and Neville... Sorry, he and Seamus... You oh, know, it's true. ...argue. Yeah,
5: they'll probably lose um, all that, like, but...
3: And it's... You know, I mean, his anger's important. Again, yeah, it's it one of those things where... But, I mean, his anger's only important in that it's, you know, it... Righteous anger isn't the uh, thing that carries him through. It's his parents dying and his love and you stuff like what, that. You know what, though? So they're probably
5: just going to...
3: The anger's only there They're to gonna show that. They're going to
5: use Umbridge as the figure for him to project his anger onto, oh, as yeah. the for, oh, for the whole of the yeah. movie. Like in the book, you know, we saw it was everybody; he hated everyone. But he'll probably just use Umbridge in the film, yeah. just because that keeps yeah, it a well. bit more manageable.
0: Yeah. Owls, um, the owls, and Neville's parents are put in the background. Owls, another thing. I mean, it, I guess it'd be kind of cool to see him taking the owls, but it's but not like that doesn't
5: really. And not me. that it's gone bad. And they're not gonna,
0: you know, like yeah. And like in movie six, I don't think they're really gonna put in the scene where they get their results back. No. Like, who would even care? I oh, I got a W. Well, I got a. What does that also, mean? Um, yeah. You know.
3: Okay. I, uh, um Last show, I used um, a movie term, a MacGuffin, which I, I I think used in an incorrect context, and somebody wrote in and told me. So I like to point out that the owls are a MacGuffin. They their only um, their only uh, point is to move the plot forward. Uh, like because you know, it, uh, Harry gets bored of doing his thing and falls into his dream, and then he and then and then he collapses off the thing, and you know, and right. blah 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 yeah. blah blah. So, hopefully,
0: I've used that in the right thing this time. Uh, Creature receives little screen time,
1: which <sighs> I guess is a shame. But if yeah, they're going to design a new elf, and they're going to, like, put him in the movie...
0: <sighs> well, we've heard that the, those house elves take a lot of money and time, too. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, but this is something I take kind of an issue with, because Creature was a huge part of... It doesn't really explain... Case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it kind of worries me when, when I hear that he receives little screen time, because I wonder if they use some other cheap tactic yeah, exactly. to or, get Harry to the Ministry, you know? Instead of him um, trying to contact Sirius in the fire and We get don't know why the
1: Death Eaters are at the Prophecy Hall. Yeah, or, they just show it, it, up.
5: <laughs> yeah, they said they just
1: kind of show up and you wouldn't know who they were if you hadn't seen or heard previous movies. So, that must mean that Harry's not having dreams of Voldemort, or that you know how does the order no
5: get... i don't think they'd leave that out but though. how does the order get to the ministry
1: the... then or how does Sirius get there or how does the... you know that's a serious issue and they have thestrals i guess but none of the reviewers actually talked about thestrals i still I, i'm still kind of upset
0: over no screaming portrait of mrs black it seems like she would be an awesome part
3: of the it'd film it'd be funny but again that would be she a would, lot of money
0: it, the fun stuff
5: to put into that
3: yeah and the fun stuff is tailing off now in these films it has to be serious yeah. although it has to be entertaining and it
0: still has to get and it still has to you know impress
2: the fans and, and, it and be she would serious. require an explanation that takes time
0: yeah one reviewer actually said that it's not as serious as the book which kind of surprised me because all like Dan's been saying yeah, and the director's been saying oh it's going to be the darkest movie yet and, uh,
5: they say that with every movie no yeah, but just because it's <laughs> they do yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and then also the hatred between Sirius and Bellatrix is never explained
5: and then Again. she, but then she it throws him be. through a veil. It's like, yeah. according to one of the reviewers, um, it wasn't very well explained what the veil meant. Right,
1: and Sirius kind of falls into it.
5: He just falls in, and that's it. And you yeah. don't really, if you haven't read the books, you don't really understand. According to the reviewer, yeah, but they
3: didn't explain it in in the book, did they? They didn't actually well, didn't say well, they what did, it, it was. It, it but- hasn't actually been explained.
2: Yeah, but. But I think they were referring to them explicitly stating he's, you know, he's dead. But I think, I think based on the other characters' reactions, you know, someone watching the movie who hasn't read the book should be able to get that well, impression.
3: we'd hope, we'd hope that they leave that scene in where Lupin, you know, holds Yeah. Parry yeah, back and yeah that's, like that's dead, what I'm thinking. Kind of worried but they
5: left that out. Does it?
3: Let's just hope they do. It. That yeah. Does
5: it seem...
2: Like, like the directors are sort of putting certain plot elements off for other directors. Yeah, and
1: well, what's going to happen, they're going to continue doing it with the next two movies, and then, oops.
2: Right. It, it seems as though there's certain, like, plot elements that, <clears throat> excuse me, they that have to just explain, gonna... but they're not going to, and they're just going to let the other direc- director that picks up the movies explain it, and well, so they're they- going to put it, you know what I mean? Like... That's why I thought like David Heyman's been
0: on for all all five films so far, and then definitely the last two. So he can sort of provide the continuity that the series
1: needs.
5: But, I mean,
1: just the fact that they did...
5: Unfortunately, it doesn't Yeah, have-
1: Snape's Worst Memory, you know, they have the Potters as kids, but how does that even work? Because we didn't even know, actually, if you follow the movies, that... Sirius and Remus and James and Wormtail were all friends at school as children. I don't even think they well, say that in the POA movie. I
5: think that I think that was implied oh, because implied, in but... the Shrieking Shacks in the Shrieking Shack scene, though, Sirius yelled at Peter that you should have died for your friends as they would have done for you.
1: Oh, uh, one line. Whoop-dee-doo. So now we get to have this really cool memory scene completely well, they wasted. Well, established it. Well, I know. I know. But it's just, it's just, you know, that's what Kevin was saying. It's just they're kind of putting things off. And things like the Fidelius charm, you know, some of that stuff is just not going to be in the movies. And it's not going to make it there. And we're going to end up seeing they have to change yeah. things, just not not just to fit time, but to fit the previous movies. Michael
0: Gammon, this is from one of the reviewers, Michael Gammon has calmed Dumbledore right down and it works. I'd go so far as to say it's reminiscent that of Richard Harris. <laughs> That's That makes me really excited because, I mean, I really like Angry Dumbledore and I know we've had these discussions on the show already, but... It'll be interesting to see how Michael Gamgen, Gammon can portray a calm Dumbledore.
4: I'm
1: to put right. myself out there and say that's the most exciting thing that I'm looking for. Actually, I think I agree with you, actually. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I yeah. think he'll
5: do a good Definitely. job.
1: Like, no, like seriously. Not because it's like – I mean it's it's not like a big deal. I mean we're getting to the point in the series where Dumbledore has to be powerful and strong and stuff. So, But it, it still will be nice if he can portray the – the um, you know, you know, just the calmer side when he when he has to, be, instead of being irate all the time. I mean, from what we hear, the battle with Voldemort is freaking awesome. Uh, we actually haven't heard anything about yeah. the Gemo trial. And we've heard that the Ministry is really cool, but we haven't heard anything about the Department of Mysteries. If they had the 12-door room, if they had the brain room, the astronomy room, the big thing with the shell and the veil. We actually haven't heard anything about that. You know
5: what? Eric, I'm putting. Uh, I'm just going to bet on this and say that there's going to be a lot cut out of the Department of Mysteries. I don't think that we I mean, mm, a lot yeah. of the rooms that they went into, especially like the Planet Room where Harry didn't even go, that's going to get cut. We're not going to hear anything about that. Oh, I think that's safe to that's say. That's automatically gone. Um,
2: but I'm interested to. I'm interested to see what they do put in because what they do put in is going to have to be either directly related to the, the plot future. or directly related right. to the futures jk does approve these things yeah right so we may be able to assert certain <laughs> assertions <laughs> <laughs> assert certain assertions, <laughs> assertions. Yeah. Uh, quiet to
1: but
5: i mean do you think we'll definitely see the hall of prophecy and I'm, and of course we'll see the death chamber but do you think that they're going to bother leaving in like the time room i don't think that? see
0: like the reason I think that these reviewers didn't mention any of this because it's not in there. Like, I think that would have been something to talk about. Either it's not in there or it's not worth discussing.
1: Right, but there has to be a separate entity. It can't just be the ministry has a door in the lobby that goes to the Department of uh, Prophecies, the Hall of Prophecy. You you know what I'm saying? Like, it has to be a separate... I'm sure
5: they'll have the... I'm sure they'll have all the doors and stuff, but we're not going to see as much as we but did the since book.
1: there's no hospital and no neville's parents we can, should also infer that there's no arthur weasley attack do you think and then there's no dream where harry's in the snake and there's no so will they even separate the department of mysteries at all or will it just be like welcome to the ministry to your right is the hall of prophecy where you can smash anything oh by the way hear the whole prophecy even if it wasn't intended for you because apparently enjoy all your the is, yeah enjoy your stay yeah.
5: Apparently, all of the kids hear the prophecy, don't they? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and, and,
4: it's, oh, changed. and it's changed. it's <laughs> ridiculous! And is it's changed. Absolutely it's completely outrageous. Completely different. <laughs> yeah, they like.
0: Yeah, like that, which line uh, did they cut out? I forget now. They cut out like a like line of the line. prophecy. Yeah. yeah.
3: Sorry, are they all mad or something? That's like cutting out. <laughs> something ridiculously <laughs> big. It's absolutely stupid. I just but don't understand it, why. They ha- must have a really like good reason. It's like two seconds as well. It's two yeah. seconds that it
5: takes. And apparently they have Lucius drop the prophecy, hey. not Neville. Uh, what? Yeah, well, yeah, Lucius drops it, <laughs> and
1: it smashes, and everybody just listens. There must be, like, a collective intake of breath as... See,
0: Jason Isaacs is such a big fan. Why wouldn't he protest that? Be like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> well, because well, he's not in the think sixth about, movie. If you
5: think about it for one I was, second, I was joking.
0: <laughs> I, I, he's an actor. <laughs> well, That's what he gets paid to do.
5: I kind of, I mean, thinking about it, though, it kind of goes along with the plot that Voldemort is ticked off at Lucius in the sixth book. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. It gives more more of a motivation if he's the one who broke it in the movie, I suppose. That's true. It makes more sense to people who haven't read the books. Yeah. I mean,
0: that's what they're but really still. doing it for. They're doing it for people who haven't read the books. They have to gear it towards people that way. I think. Yeah.
5: Yeah, they do. Well, right. like
1: they said, also, and moving on, um, Snape is not in this movie. Like he, he's he's in it, but he's, he's not in it enough to appreciate. You know. But I-
0: Snape's worst memory is quote so perfect. The actors have nailed the performances. Alan Rickman is again great as Snape, but has so little screen time that it's hard to appreciate. Hard to appreciate. I can't right. wait for that scene. That's going to be so good. I love Alan Rickman.
1: No. I'm, I'm good. incredibly excited for that. But at the same time, also Draco has about one line. He does the, the umbrage thing. What else is new? Then, <laughs> no, what else is new is exactly what I was pointing out, Lara. I mean, they have to change this. I mean, I understand. The problem I see with that... Uh, They're not going to. No, I Go mean, for book Eric. six... I mean for exactly. Book six. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's what I was going to say. The problem I see with that is that he plays such a big role in book 6. It's not going to he's just going to come out of nowhere. He's been sort of like
1: luckily. Luckily, even yeah, though it, even though he does play a big a role minutes, in book 6, yeah. this is kind of disappointing too. There might not be hope cuz even though Draco does play a big role in book 6, he's usually off soaking in a girl's bathroom somewhere. And so even though he's a big character Harry didn't see him much at all even in book six. Um, besides being on the train, which was a great scene and I hope they keep it, where where Harry's spying on uh Draco and them. Uh but um, you know, later crying in the bathroom and then obviously the end where he when he's about to kill Dumbledore. But Snape, you know, Alan Rickman, I mean, he's constantly given us this great performance consistently throughout each movie, but he's not in it enough for it to really matter. So I really hope like movie six opens up with snape and i really hope they finally mend this because they kind of if they continued to take out you know alan rickman even when <laughs> you know what i'm saying right yes
0: no i see i do see what you're saying um you want to talk about little casting right now since we're sort of on the topic about characters. Uh, one reviewer describes Ivana Lynch's performance as the most perfect casting one could hope for. Her interaction with Harry and the others is straight out of the pages of the novel. I mean, this is really what what we've been hearing since the beginning of her casting, and J.K. Rowling loved her, and you know, as I have met her, I can say that she is she's just great. She's just a great girl in general, but she's so perfect for the part. It's really going to be great to see it, see her in the film. Uh, but moving along. Imelda Staunton, as Umbridge, is described by another reviewer. One of the most evil creations you will ever wish to see. Staunton has the mannerisms and the voice down to a T, and I found myself feeling exactly how I felt whilst reading the book. Uh... A sense of sickening sweetness. To be blunt, you just want to slap the bleep, which is exactly how you should feel. Her detentions with Harry, which thankfully are exactly like the book, are delightfully evil. Now, that's that's great. That's uh, that's another big part. I'm really looking forward to.
5: Yeah. I can't wait to see Emma Stott. And ever since I first saw her picture, I thought she looked great. Yeah. And I'm really, really excited to see her.
0: Yeah. And uh, I don't know if we brought this up on the show before, but as the movie progresses, her outfit... Get, turns into a darker shade of pink, or is it a lighter shade? Does I think it? It, yeah, oh, she that... starts off in a light pink dress. Yeah, and then with each like scene, I think it gets darker. Just it progresses throughout the movie. It gets oh, that's so darker, cool. Darker and darker. Yeah, so it's uh, another big change. Joe is Joe is the one who tattled on the DA, not her friend, and that's Joe. the reason why her and Harry. What did I say, Joe?
5: <laughs> yes, yes. Another Joe. Another big change. Joe Rowling just comes on the yeah. Joe, another big, another big change.
0: Joe is the one who titled on the DA, not her friend, and that's the reason why her and Harry broke up. Joe <laughs> no, so getting jealous, just falling apart thing, like in the book. The scene with Rita Skeeter wasn't even in the movie. Uh, Rita Skeeter, that's a shame because I like I like her too.
5: But I forget the actress. Yeah, but, who plays but, Richardson her. But, was very yeah, good. But, yeah,
0: but, Richardson.
1: Even though Amanda Miranda
0: Richardson was good. Sorry, she wasn't going to come back for the fifth film anyway. She said that on the red carpet. Oh, she said carpet. She that said already? she wanted well, to give someone else a chance to. Get,
3: what? Forget her. Oh, I know. <laughs> but should should we point out here that? Um, sorry, I was going to say the that. The Cho thing. It, well, yeah, yeah, the Cho thing. Um, she. Ever since Cedric died she has been all for the battle against Voldemort fighting for yourself fighting against the ministry if you have to putting all the all of your resources together and you know minor detail Jamie it's like a personal fight it's like a, no 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 it, it it isn't because she she approves of what Harry does and and that's what the whole sort of series is about basically that you know you fight for what's right you don't fight for for what's easy um and with her tattling on the um DA it just seems like she is you know completely against what she believes in in the book yeah, completely which is opposite. I mean obviously it's a way of cutting out you know stuff and saving time and money but it just seems like there are other things they could cut out without and and also it's quite a big thing and you know some you could say that some relationships couldn't recover from such a devastating blow yeah. you know so even if we thought that they could get together which obviously they won't now because it's Harry Jenny, as everyone knows you know um, it's still a
0: still a thing I think that was just a cheap way
1: of really having is.
0: Harry and Cho break up. Like, it's so- you know what? Definitely. It doesn't
5: bother me, though. Why? Because I- in, the, in the book, I felt like she... I don't know. It, in the book, I felt like she was just as bad by supporting her friend for doing it. And I think that this yeah. is a way to... I don't, it just seems like it's another way to cut out a part of the plot that honestly isn't going to have any bearing on what happens in the next two <laughs> That's movies. That's true. Yeah. Because Cho's character doesn't play a big part. She, They might not even have her back in the sixth film because you rarely saw her in the book. She and Harry didn't even talk.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely a, way, a good way to cut down on time, but I just think it's sort of a corny plot. That's the reason that they break up. I mean, it makes sense, I guess. No, it doesn't make sense. Because if Harry was really in love with her, why would they break up? just Well, over from
1: tattling? what we hear, the room of requirement isn't exciting at well, all, anyway. Uh, okay, granted, it's not if- just tattling. <laughs> it was sort of big, but but still. Yeah,
5: if someone ratted me out like that, I would kick them to the curb like no other. Well, you so. need to
0: sort out your priorities, Laura.
5: Oh, a awkward. I need to sort okay. Of okay, but, but no, <laughs> yeah. the Rita, Skeeters,
1: <laughs> uh, Rita Skeeter thing, just quickly, doesn't really bother me because they didn't uh, go into the Animagist Beetle type Rita in movie four. So they never established that, so through that, they can establish that Hermione kept her in a jar or that Hermione has any kind of leverage over her, so it would actually be untrue to her character um, to actually like give Harry an interview or anything. Mm-hmm. And, not to mention, they don't mention anything about the whole world being against Harry, either. So, that kind of all fits into a nice little package that they can just take out seamlessly, I think.
5: So, how are they supposed to... I don't know. Without that article, it just seems so... What article? Difficult. Well, Well, the whole article where...
0: Oh, oh, you mean the right... Yeah, but... uh, The one that... Right. That Rita
5: wrote. Yeah. But... Then, why will the... There's going to be no unifying of the school on Harry's side.
1: Oh, you know what? That's true. (laughs) Without the article. Because all of her decrees were just thwarted when Harry proved or admitted to the world the entire story about what her umbrage had been saying was a lie. What the ministry had been saying was a lie. In fact, we know there's ministry in here because there's the scene with Fudge and Shacklebolt, which according to one of the reviewers is really good. So, there's this whole ministry thing, and ministry being against Harry and Dumbledore, but actually there's no... Now, I guess I'm more bothered by it.
5: We're such complaints. I'm,
1: yeah. Yeah, we're such whiners, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can hear WB saying, well, we just don't give the movie to you at all. I still think <laughs> it's going
0: to be really good. <laughs> and you then just got yeah, so to forget about the book relations to enjoy these films. That's all it comes down to. Really.
5: Yeah, I don't have a. I don't have a problem with cuts that that are necessary to be made. I think that and I know that pretty much everyone here disagrees with me on this, but Prisoner of Azkaban was my favorite of all the movies I don't so see far. Why. <laughs> Shut up, because I felt like it captured the spirit of the story the most out of all the movies. It may not have stuck to every detail. There were certainly things in the movie I didn't like, but I felt like out of all the films, it really, really captured and encompassed what the story was about, and I think that's what's the most important thing to be focusing on. I Suicide. Really think
0: that, I really think movie one captured the books the best because it was very magical and whimsical and little well, well, Diagon Alley and listen, all this, listen to
1: this, Andrew. And- I just it says, really... um... Yeah, listen to this. This says, um... I mean, got, uh, along with what you were saying, um, I think it's Zenat's review. Actually, no, no, no. Hang on. It's Wizard's review. Um... He says, As soon as the movie started, I realized that the magic was back. To I me, it that, felt... Yeah. yeah, to me, it felt like the first two movies. Remember the wonderment oh. of seeing Harry and feeling what it would be like to fly on a broom with the inside of Hogwarts looked like for the very first time? All of that mystery was back when it came to the scenes of the Ministry and the Hall of Prophecy. So even though they might not have a lot of stuff, they treat it correctly, maybe? Maybe because it's like new. It's like you're seeing it for the
0: first time in a movie format, so it's like, wow, it's real.
1: But no, Lara's right. In addition to all of us disagreeing with her, uh, actually, um, Enya Freak does agree with her because at the end of Enya Freak's uh, review, they say that overall, better than Goblet, Order of the Phoenix was better than Goblet, slightly less good than Prisoner, but quite simply an amazing vision of the novel. So they, I guess, their favorite is Prisoner as well. So you have one person on your side, Laura.
0: <laughs> I got a question for you guys. When you see like the opening credits and you know you're going through the clouds, like pretty much all the movies sort out with, do you get that feeling of like, ah, oh, we're, we're we're back again? We're it's another another yeah, year. Yeah, it's exciting. Like, yeah, very excited. I get exciting. excited. Yeah. 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 Um, is that it? Anyone got anything else to discuss? No, about I the think movie? we pretty much. Uh. I mean, I guess the last thing is... everyone,
5: yeah. huh? Everyone seemed to like uh, Helena Bonham Carter a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the good. big
1: battle. The big battle seems cool. A lot of people said it was very true to the books, which is cool. But and you it's... know
5: what? Another person said that it was flat. Yeah. I believe.
1: I mean,
0: honestly, that's what (laughs) – we can't really go off of their final reviews because, like, everyone has their own different opinion on it. You know, even when the final movie comes out, we're going to be
2: getting very contrasting uh, reviews. And things can change. I mean, this is just – this is four months out.
0: Yeah. Uh, Running time, about two and a half hours right now.
2: Which is Why can't still, they just go to three? I don't uh,
1: understand. Just well, go to Andrew, three. it's still an amazing spectacle. Can you even imagine? I mean, we actually aren't hearing that many bad things about this movie. No, we're not. You're right. You're right. 872-page book, and they still made it a two-and-a-half-hour movie. This is the longest one. If they can do it with this movie, they can do it with the rest. Unless book seven is as long as they want it to be, which is like 900... 900- thousand pages
5: we promise we won't we won't complain this much <laughs> yeah we're not yeah. yeah before
0: we get the emails about us complaining we're not complaining we're just critiquing for the interest of our listeners
1: yeah once we get screen caps uh of these scenes that we're hearing about we will shut right up i mean it's just that simple <laughs> yeah. yeah i will i know i will
0: hey yeah. Uh, let's Let's move on to a couple more rebuttals now. This one concerns last week's show, Caitlin 20 of Ohio. She writes, Hey guys, love the show. During the discussion on Umbridge's hair color, Laura stated that she pictures her Umbridge as brown-haired because, quote, that's how it is in the books. Well, I just wanted to point out that on page 642 on Half-Blood Prince, Umbridge is described as having iron-colored curls. This definitely rules her out as a brunette. I am not a girl. I could
5: have sworn... I could have sworn it said brown. Oh. Go ahead,
1: that's... swear. Go ahead, swear.
5: No, this. Is... I'm going to look this up right now because this is not I right. am not up
1: on my... Uh... Laura, are you saying that
3: you don't trust <laughs> a an, uh, sort of trustworthy listener of the show to tell us correct information? No, it's information. not that. I think Kate, what happened well, was... Phil. Think... Uh, <laughs> hey, Phil. you know... I,
5: no, I'm not saying Caitlin's wrong. I'm saying that I think that after what happened with the centaurs, her hair went gray.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, out of out of fear, out of fear. Because this, uh, this listener states the Half-Blood Prince, which is probably, I guess, at Dumbledore's funeral, when she had iron-colored curls, so her hair could Okay, I'm sorry.
0: Hold on, hold up. I'm not a girl. I'm not up on my hair terms. Maybe Jamie or Eric or Kevin would be aware. What sorry. are iron-colored curls?
5: It means gray. What iron is the color iron?
3: colored colored Andrew. What, what is
1: the color of iron? Difficult. Like silver? It's like silver. Yeah, it's silvery gray. gray. Silvery
3: gray. Oh, yeah.
0: I thought that sort of meant, like... Never mind. Oh, look, here More well, like a, a right an iron here. that uh, does clothes. Yes. <laughs> iron colour. <Yes. laughs>
5: Shut up, Eric. I care. You know that one Order that's on sale at Walmart? Yeah, that, yeah. Page that one. Page
0: two or three. The
3: red one. She looked, thought, like
5: she looked, Harry thought, like somebody's maiden aunt. Squat with short, curly, mouse brown hair, in which she had placed a horrible pink Alice band. Okay,
3: I take it back, so Caitlin. I think that- You liar.
5: <laughs> 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 no, no, no! I don't think she's wrong. I think that Umbridge I'm is wrong. You're, You're both right after the centaur thing. So yeah, we're both everyone, right.
3: Everyone's right. Everyone wins. Everyone wins on this show.
5: Yeah.
1: Oh, I love when
0: that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Except uh, everyone who loses the competitions. Yeah.
1: Oh, there, there's something we didn't uh, we didn't talk win. about. Uh, there's something we didn't talk about, guys. Uh, Frenz, Frenz was not. It was not mentioned that Ferenz took over, but they do have Trelawney's exit and the Weasley twins. Weasley twins, what? Exit. They, when they leave, when they go bang, oh. and there's fireworks over Umbridge's head and stuff.
3: Yeah. But they probably still don't well, have perhaps, use, Ah, well, perhaps those fireworks sort of emptied up and all these sparks came down and took out the brownness of her hair and turned it iron-coloured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perhaps, Jimmy. Right. Perhaps indeed. Okay, this is uh, rebuttal number three from Janie. Uh, age, it doesn't say. Location, UK. Subject, Tiara. Episode 3rd of the 12th, O six. I don't know what that means. Hi, Mugglecasters, very late i for listening to all past episodes at present. Um, I'm not sure if this has been addressed, but in my opinion, the tiara that the voicemail caller was referring to was the one that Harry put on top of the bust in the Room of Requirement when he hid the potions book, and not Mrs. Weasley's family heirloom. This was to help him find the book again if he needed to do so. Plus, I have to mention that Ron is not weak. In Order of the Phoenix, it is Ron who does most of the work. Um, couple of stunners, a disarming charm... Neville brought off a really nice little impedimenta, mentia, jinx, said Ron airily, page 670, UK edition. And later in the planet room, Luna said four of them chased us and that she was dealing with one Death Eater who was grabbing Ginny's foot and that she didn't know what they had hit Ron with. Therefore, I take that to mean that Ron was fighting with the other three Death Eaters on his own. And also, Ron was fighting the Death Eaters at the end of Book 6 and survived unscathed. Wow, she's written an essay. Perhaps with the help of Felix Felicis. People seem to think that he is stupid, you but he got seven out of the same is grades. That... Oh, really? As Harry, apart from uh, Defense Against Arts, yeah, just... Okay, uh, this is... No no no, no, no 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 I'm almost finished, I'm almost finished. Both he and Harry did minimal work compared with Hermione and both did really well. Just think how well they could have done if they'd studied hard. He's lazy at and uninterested in schoolwork, but he isn't an idiot. Plus it is Filmron who is a coward. Bookron is the one is the first one to protect Harry and Hermione. Many examples spewing up slugs for um, uh, Hermione Chamber of Secrets entering the forest to confront to confront his greatest fear to help Hermione. Um, Chamber of Secrets Oh no, sorry. Prisoner of Azkaban defending Hermione against Snape and getting it attention. and Order of the Phoenix, um, Harry against Seamus, plus when there were only two drills, th- it is Ron Harry, oh god I can't even read this stuff, it's honestly, it's like in shorthand, it's actually this is yeah, the hardest is. thing I've ever read in my life, it, it is Ron Harry chooses to accompany him to the ministry I don't understand what that means, sorry this is so long, but it grinds my gears, Andrew when I hear Ron being disregarded, keep up the good work, love the show, I agree
1: oh. <laughs> Alright, what? <laughs> Ron love, Ron Jay- love. Janie. That's
5: mostly why I chose that, that was, because that was... you are so mean to Ron. J-
1: Janie, Who, me? Who?
5: Yeah, you. How am I mean to Ron? You,
0: you say call him He's comi-
1: kind of the comic relief, kind of not really yeah. worth anything. Kind I of said not that like really. once. Yeah, I know. But That's this fan faulted um, you for it. <laughs>
3: sorry. But it is a fair point. Ron is so close to Harry and Hermione that he'd do anything for them.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting, too, especially to be J.K. Rowling. It must be very interesting. Well, I guess for several reasons, but uh, <laughs> it must be very interesting. But um, the fact that she's not just writing about Harry's life, kind of. I mean, she is, but she's also writing about Ron and Hermione's life as well. You know, I mean, it's the course of how all the characters uh, survive and live and grow over seven years, you know? I mean, so it's not actually just just Harry, necessarily. Um so you wonder, like, if, if she feels strongly about Ron, and she felt strong enough to have him kind of sacrifice himself in the chess match in book one, you know, that, that that that's obviously a trait that she would like to either look back on or at least to have established to begin with. So hopefully she hasn't forgotten that courageous side of Ron, and we'll be seeing a lot of stuff about him in the book, more in book seven, or in the movies, at least. Yeah. Alright, well, everyone might remember that
0: on episode 78, we uh, got into a little Pokemon discussion, and uh, unfortunately last week I wasn't on the show, so when I'm not on the show, apparently nothing gets done. Uh, we, We asked everyone to send in some Pokemon comparisons, because honestly, the Pokemon books basically mirror... Harry Potter I, I series. It. And you don't believe me? Well, we have we have some emails right now to prove you all wrong. Uh, the first one comes from Ginger19 of Houston, Texas. She writes, uh, Pokemon, anyone, the flute Harry, Ron, and Hermione used to put Fluffy to sleep in Sorcerer's Stone is without a doubt the whittled wooden instrument form of Jigglypuff. And just for the sake of keeping things original, love the show, keep up the great work.
3: Jigglypuff,
0: Good point, Ginger. Jiggly, jiggly. <laughs> That's, a, that's very good, Jamie. It,
3: thank you very much. And it also could um, relate to. I mean, it doesn't really have anything to do with sleep, but in Pokemon the Movie 2000, which is the story of the Pokemon <laughs> Lugia, who is the god of the sea. Um, Are you telling kind of me prophecy. that you actually I, saw this, I, Jamie? I own this on DVD, Laura. I got it for like two pounds. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. There's a um, there's like a prophecy in which um, when this uh, girl plays this flute. Um, and they have these three stones set in this thing. Then this beast of the sea, Lugia, will arise and bring balance to the three l- legendary birds who are um, really, uh, <laughs> yeah, Articuno, that- Zapdos, and Moltres. Um, which Zapdos? Just, a, just a, Zapdos. But a bit of interesting um, uh, trivia here. They're called the, the three legendary birds, yeah. And if you take the um, last bit of each of their names Articuno Zapdos Moltres in Spanish Oh Oh my gosh uh, Oh my gosh
0: Nice Uh,
3: Yeah So um, and But apart from Yeah so this flute thing is you know it's extremely important in the prophecy One more link a prophecy Uh, So yeah Excellent email. I like it very yeah. much.
0: All right, we got another one here. Ashley, Catherine, and Kara, 14 of Tallahassee, Florida. They write, first off, we wanted to say how much we love the show and how we were very excited to hear about the idea of Harry Potter being compared to Pokemon. Right away, we began thinking, and this is what we came up with. Pikachu's tail is a lightning bolt, much like the scar Harry has on his forehead. Ah, nice. Hoot Hoot resembles Hedwig, since it is an owl. James, a member of Team Rocket, has the same name as Harry's dad. Ash, Brock, and Misty are much like the famous trio of Harry, Ron, and Hermione in the Harry Potter series. That's a big one we got from a lot of people. Uh, The Pokemon Furo can be portrayed as Fox. Arbok is a large snake-like Pokemon that looks like the Basilisk. And lastly, uh, lastly, Harry Potter is mainly focused on magical powers. Pokemon also possess magical powers for defense, etc. Hope you thought our comparisons were worthwhile. We love Eric's Pokemon singing skills. Andrew is a Superfly rapper. And Jamie owns all. (laughs) Love Ashley, Catherine, and Kara. And Laura is...
1: Alright, but just quickly, Jamie, do you remember Team Rocket's uh, motto, their chant? Their uh, uh, surrender now or, or... Or prepare or, to or fight. They'll be prepare double, to, yeah. They'll be no, double. Yeah. Uh, like
3: no, 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 no. Make do double. To rid the world of, of uh, devastation. devastation something, something. To protect something. our nation
1: they're or something within our nation. I used to yeah. know that, yeah. Jesse. <laughs>
3: James. That's what Laura, there you go. Team said, Rocket like,
1: blast off He said speed it normally. of Surrender now or prepare to fight. he
3: came in with his, James... Meowth! Like by the way, right. I know,
0: I po- yeah, and by the way, the song version of that, excellent. Oh, I'm gonna really? Play, that's going to be at the end of this, today's show.
1: Yes! The that's Team good. Rocket
0: song, that will be at the end of today's show.
1: All right, uh, dear MuggleCast, wait, this is from uh, Kara Cunningham, age 16, from Georgia, subject, Pokemon references. Uh, they heard of us from the MuggleNet main page, and... The- <laughs> okay, <laughs> come on. <laughs> dear MuggleCast, comma... My sister Anna and I came up with an even dozen different connections between Pokemon and Harry Potter. Get to the end for an interesting surprise. First, both Ash and Harry have black hair and about the same style. Also, the first vowel in both Harry and Ash is the letter A, and there are two syllables in both Potter and Catchem. Second, second, Pokemon and Harry Potter both have trios consisting of two boys and one girl, which is true even after Brock leaves, that other guy, that artist guy, comes up. So, third, both Ash and Harry have to call out the name of an attack in order to use it. I thought that was cool. Fourth, both Brock and Ron come from large families. Interesting. Fifth, there's a Gandalf-type character in both Dumbledore in... Well, there's there's a Gandalf-type character in both. Dumbledore in Harry Potter and Professor Oak in Pokemon. Oh, I'm Professor Oak. Uh, sixth, neither Harry nor Ash have siblings. Seventh, both Ash and Harry are brave. Eighth, the Triwizard Tournament was comparable to the Pokemon World Championships. Which is Not true. really, but okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, well, one of the competitions they were in. Ninth, both Harry and Ash have a rival. Draco for Harry and Gary for Ash. Tenth, you could no, call Mr... No, this is good. This is probably personally my favorite. Tenth, you could call Mr. Mime Ash's mom's health elf. Mime, because... <laughs> mime, mime. Mr. Mr. Mime. mime. Yeah. <laughs> I ja- used to do that all the time. Jamie beats me. Jamie beats me on that yeah. one, people. I admit it. Eleventh, uh, Harry Potter has dragons, while Pokemon has Pokemon, like Charizard and Dragonite. <laughs> well, uh, they also have, um, what was that ancient fossil, uh, Kabuto, Kabutops, I thought there was a dragon yeah, that's in that episode. Kabuto, yeah. But wasn't it, uh, what was the, I guess it was, what was the dragon Wait, that came what's, out of it,
0: okay? keep
3: Alright, never mind. I don't, I don't 12, know. Twelve, uh, okay. Dragonite, Geo- Dragonair, yeah, yeah. and Dragini
1: were the three. Oh, yeah, yeah, those guys. Yeah. Uh, 12. Giovanni, the leader of Team Rocket, is like Voldemort. That kind of is cool. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, sort of, yeah. So, now for the surprise, I read on Wikipedia that Giovanni dies protecting his son from a fire. Now, if Voldemort really did accidentally have a son, whom he most likely didn't know about... And since Pokemon is so obviously going to be the key to the end of Harry Potter, then it could be that Voldemort dies protecting his son or daughter. Yep, that's it. We've solved well, of it. Of course, this would mean that Harry Potter doesn't kill Voldemort Can and would therefore under, undermine the entire Harry Potter series, so by insisting that Harry Potter draws its references from Pokemon, you are undermining Harry Potter.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely correct. My
1: <laughs> well, well, I... Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And our last email today comes from Elizabeth 16 of Wisconsin. She writes, I've been thinking about Pokemon Harry Potter parallels ever since you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. And I've decided that the Pokemon Psyduck is scarily like Professor Trelawney, as you may know, Psyduck is viewed as a useless Pokemon that has no real attacks and Psy, runs around crazily Psy. instead of battling over Pokemon. Similarly, Professor Trelawney is considered a fraud and mostly r- makes random predictions that doesn't that don't come true or have any consequence. However, every once in a while, Psyduck surprises everyone with a huge burst of power. This is just like the times when Professor Trelawney is possessed and actually makes a significant prediction. That's a really good one. Absolutely. I really like That's that. That's really good, yeah. Good thinking, Elizabeth. I'm look- and she goes on to say, I'm looking forward to hearing more on this topic on future episodes of the show. I think we struck a a good new segment on the show with Pokemon, Pokemon comparisons. Pokemon connections. Keep yeah, just, them coming. Uh, MuggleCast at saf.mugglenet.com
1: What I don't want to hear, though, is that Wormtail was lowering baby Togepi into the um, cauldron to make <laughs> yeah. Voldemort. I don't want to hear that one. I already <laughs> thought of it. It's mine. I'm claiming it now.
0: <laughs> I do believe that wraps up today's show. I just want to remind everyone now about our contact information. Of course, you can send parcel mail to the MuggleCast P.O. Box located at P.O. Box 223, Mountain Ridge, Kansas 67107. Also, call in a question or a comment for the show. Just dial in the United States one two one eight twenty magic. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial zero two zero eight one double four zero six double seven. If you're in Australia, you can dial zero two eight double three five double six eight. Just remember, keep your questions to about a minute, and uh, we'll get to some more voicemails within the next few weeks. You can also Skype the username MuggleCast to leave a voicemail message as well. Just remember to eliminate as much background noise as possible. You can also contact any one of us on the MuggleCast website. Just go to MuggleCast.com and click on Contact at the top for a handy feedback form. And you can email all of us uh, with our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. That includes me at toots at staff.mugglenet.com. And, uh, Jamie, just one final reminder I want to let everyone know that it won't be a normal show next week because it's going to be an out-of-the-ordinary show next week. It's going to be extraordinary. It will. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be. We're going to be doing a live podcast in England next week, sponsored by Olivons. Uh, also remember all of our community outlets. There's the MySpace, the Facebook, the YouTube, Frapper, Last.fm, and, of course, the fan listing and the forums over at mucklecastfan.net. You can also dig the show over at dig.com slash podcasts, and you can vote once a month for us at Podcast Alley and review us on Yahoo Podcast. See, ladies and gentlemen, by digging us, voting for us at Podcast Alley reviewing us at Yahoo Podcast, reviewing us on iTunes, and doing it on MySpace and Facebook. It helps us grow. And we want to grow. And you guys can help us grow by doing all that. So we appreciate it very much. Uh, so with that, I am Toots. And we'll see you next week because we're not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Later.
5: laughs> Bye, everybody. See you Bye,
3: everybody. Later.
4: Thanks, toots. Uh, he better have a good explanation for that.
5: How about from now on, we just randomly call you every, like, we call you a name of a random radio personality. Like right now, I'll go ahead and call you Rush Limbaugh. How do you like that?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just like for I'll call
1: him <laughs> Howard.
3: See, Andrew, right. you, you see how these ideas can backfire on you so quickly when you don't think them through. So I was just going to say, the reason I haven't been speaking much is that I'm trying to order a kebab and pizza with my housemate. so, uh, and it's a very, oh, okay. like, complicated process, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Well, which, which, the kebabs or the pizza?
3: Um, well, both, they're pretty complicated. We couldn't decide whether to get a pizza or a kebab, and then we couldn't decide which kebab to get, and then we couldn't decide which place to order it from, because all these places try and outdo each other with free oh, garlic man. bread or free delivery and stuff like that, so... Uh, you need, like, a degree just to decide what, what you want. It's, uh, but, yeah, it's extremely exciting. The 30-minute wait till it arrives is one of the most exciting times of my life.
0: Are I'd you back say. now? Are you, are you guys all uh, No, no, I've decided? still got to order it.
3: No, you say <laughs> I have to order it now. We, uh, we've decided. Now I just have to order it. Okay. So I'll uh, be oh, back in about five minutes. Extremely excited. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, what was I going to say?